We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Hello, welcome to episode 140 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast where Captain is King, Marissa is Queen, and I am your host, Bethany Finger. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of YA Book Chat. Thank you so much for being here and listening. I am very excited to be doing a special episode today in celebration of my podcast bestie, Bethany, because it is the three-year anniversary of Prince Kai Fan Pod. Which is crazy. That is crazy. So yes, today Leah and I are going to do a question and answer episode. We had some people submit questions uh, via Instagram. I had a few that were sent to my Patreon and my podcast email, and we're going to answer the questions. I think we should still do, what are you currently reading? I always love doing that part. Me too. Um, Let's see. Good question. What am I reading? (laughs) Oh, I just, well, because I just finished books and switched over to new ones. So I am currently reading. I just started, it's called Wild Bound by Elaine Becker. And it's book two in a series. It's the sequel to Forest Born. And um, it's actually not been released yet. So I got an arc of it and I'm reading it because I'm going to have the author on my podcast. So I just started reading that. So I'm very excited about that. And I am going to be starting a new audiobook too, which is going to be I know, isn't that oh, funny? You're like, I know what I'm going to read. And then as soon as you try to say it, you're like, dang it, what was it again? Well, because I had put it on hold on the library and they just messaged me today, but I totally forgot about it. <laughs> I am starting. Oh, I know. I'm starting Daughter of the Pirate King on audio. Oh, I, so. I bought that and I haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, I haven't read it yet. I've heard it's good, um, but I'm, I'm starting the audiobook of that, so. How about you? What are you reading? Okay, so I am listening to the Crave series by Tracy Wolf, which is called something. What's it called? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's called Covet, and I'm 8% through, so not very far. And then I'm also reading Accomplished by Amanda Quinn. It's a Georgiana Darcy retelling. Oh, that sounds fun. In modern day. And I'm literally like two chapters in, but it's so much fun. Are you, okay, you're on book three, so I would imagine you're enjoying it somewhat or you wouldn't still be on that series. Do you like the Crave series? I actually really do. I was like very hesitant because I, based on the title and the covers alone, I was like, is this like a Twilight knockoff? So here's what I've been telling people. It's like Twilight. If the werewolves were dragons, it took uh-huh. place at Hogwarts, and Bella had a backbone. Yeah. So I so only made I it. would say it's infinitely better, but I actually do very much enjoy it. Okay. I only made it through book one, and I didn't like really? it. 
Yeah. I, <laughs> I couldn't do it. I, it was, yeah, a lot of things for me. I didn't like it. <laughs> I don't know. Did you I, like the Twilight series? I can't remember if you liked that or not. You read the reason you can't remember is because I've actually not read those yet. <laughs> I would not recommend. <laughs> Good I to feel know. like Twilight is one of those things, like if you were a part of it when you were when it was big, then it like means something to you. But if you try to read it for the first time now, you're gonna be like, what the hell? Yeah. Well I'm <laughs> And my go-to is to always recommend Vampire Academy, right? So Yes, and I'm I'm with you on that one. That one I'm good for. Vampire Academy. Best vampire teen series in existence, hands mm-hmm. down. I agree. I agree. It's like the only one that I can actually um, what's the Read. word? Endorse. Endorse. Yep. Yes. Yes. All of those. <laughs> all of that. So I guess we should go ahead and get started on the questions. All right. Um, what we're going to do is we're just going to go back and forth. I'm going to I'm going to read one of the questions. We're both going to answer it. And then Leah will read a question too. And we'll just go back and forth for a little while. So um, the first one is what sequel would you sell your soul for? Okay. Well, this is, this is actually pretty easy. I mean, there are lots of them, but I have to say the first thing that pops into my mind is a sequel to the final book in the Renegades trilogy. Because I was going to say the exact same thing. I mean, I need to know what happens. I was like, going to say don't the exact same thing. I was like, I need a graphic novel of what happened after Supernova. Like, desperately need it. Yes. Yes, because... I, I mean, there's stump something that happens in the epilogue, and then you're like, what the heck, Marissa? You just drop that and then leave us, and that's the end. So that's that's what I need. That's what I need. <laughs> yeah, 1,000%. As soon as I read that question, I was like, Renegades, infinitely, mm-hmm. that's what I need. <laughs> totally. Yep. That's easy. <laughs> okay. Do you have a type? In favorite characters? And if so, what? So, like, the person who asked this said, like, for example, she has a type in, like, Han Solo, Flynn Rider, Thorn. You know, like, that's a very clear, specific type of character. I mean, probably, yeah, because I love all of those characters. I love Thorn. I love Flynn Rider. Han Solo is the best. Um, Yeah, I guess I... I can't think of anything other than that. I I like when, um, quote, strong female leads are actually mm-hmm. strong female leads that expose themselves, that show, like, anxiety and depression and conflict and critical thinking. Um, that's one of the main reasons I like the Vampire Academy series so much is because they have this thing in the books. It's really strange where they have, like, character growth and development and they like learn from their mistakes but still continue to make mistakes and it's like just such a it feels like just such a genuine representation of what it's like to be a teenager trying to figure life out so yeah yeah I guess like just authenticity would be mine what about you one um this is a hard one (laughs) I think though (laughs) I okay so I, I, I like, 
This is really hard because I think I have more of like specific tropes that I like rather than favorite character types, I think. Mm. I mean, I definitely do like the strong female leads also, but I think that that's really probably just comes from the fact that coincidentally, I just happen to read books like that. Like not even <laughs> I mean, that's like YA in a nutshell, right? Pretty much. So, I mean, so I what read- are some of your favorite tropes then? Um, I love enemies to lovers. That's <laughs> like my all-time favorite trope. I also enjoy the um, trope of we are we hate each other and are forced into an uncontrollable situation together type trope because usually that ends up turning into an enemies to lovers. Right. So, like trapped um, in a confined space or something, right? Yes. Yeah. You know what I've – actually, you know what I've recently discovered that I really like? And I read this in um, – oh, crud. Now I'm going to forget the name of the book. <laughs> Shoot. Anyways, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to just do it without that. What I've recently discovered that I like is it's where the hero, the main character of the book is not the hero. Like they're the anti-hero. Oh, so I, I recently like read that. a yeah, I recently read a book like that and I actually had the author on the podcast to talk about it and I just started um and I just recently read another one like that too. Oh, sorry. The one that I'm reading now. So Forestborn is kind of like that too. And then it's sequel, Wildbound also, because the main characters aren't really seen as heroes. They're not. They're. <laughs> did you like that? They're not. <laughs> I can't. I, mean, I love that whole concept because like. I know for me, like every time I read Pride and Prejudice or Sense and Sensibility, like I love those books, but it gets a little frustrating where it's like, we're so poor and they have like maids and stuff. And I'm like, I need a perspective from the maid. I need to know her story. Like, how does she feel constantly listening to these people be like, oh, we're so poor. And she's like tying their corsets for them and cleaning up their backhands. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. Can I also say that, like, I remember literally being the very first guest on your podcast, and now you're, like, just nonchalantly, like, oh, yeah, I interviewed this author, and I interviewed this author, and, like, I just <laughs> love it, because I remember when you were, like, yeah, I just want to have guests on for each book. I mean, how amazing would it be if I could get authors, right? And now you, like, have authors, like, V.E. Schwab. I know, which is crazy to me. Like, I still can't even believe it. I'm like, oh, Dude, when wow. I was at North Texas Teen Book Festival, there were people that waited in only her line and still didn't get their book signed. And she had to be escorted out by security. I am not surprised. I'm not like, surprised that is at all. mind-boggling to me. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. She's that good. And I got to have her on my podcast, which is so exciting. <laughs> Oh man. oh, man. Okay, so next question. Okay. What was your favorite YA book when you were a teenager? Oh, so easy. My favorite YA, and it, it was a series, was the Babysitter's Club books. I, I mean, love Babysitter's Club. I mean, technically, they're probably more middle grade. Middle grade, yeah. But I loved Babysitter's Club. My favorite is Claudia Gets Her Man. 
<gasps> yes. Yes. <laughs> I love Claudia. I always I always wanted to be Claudia or like a cross between Claudia and Stacy because they were the two like cool ones. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um okay, so what about you? Wait, Babysitter's Club too or something different? I loved Babysitter's Club. No, when I was in high school, I was obsessed with anything Meg Cabot, especially the Princess Diary series. Nice. So, yeah, if I had to pick, like, a favorite YA book from when I was a YA, anything by Meg Cabot, but, like, a series-wise, it was definitely going to be Princess Diaries. I was also a big fan of her duology, American Girl. I read those books so much, like cover to cover, constantly rereading them. (laughs) They hold up too. I reread them not too long ago and they're great. Nice. (laughs) Okay. Do you have a question? I do. And this is, this is specifically for you. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Because um, this is this question was given to me in regards to it being your three-year podcasting anniversary. <laughs> so in the last three years, what's been your number one podcasting moment? I mean, Marissa, right? Well, I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Literally every time Marissa comes on the podcast or acknowledges the podcast in any way, Um, I guess if I had to pick one moment, like even Marissa based, it would be like Prince Kai Fanpot is in Gilded. Yes, which is awesome. My Marissa has immortalized me in my podcast. (laughs) She's so amazing. If you don't know, like uh, if you if you don't know, Marissa Meyer released a book called Gilded in November. Um, it's a Rumpelstiltskin retelling, and she put me and my podcast in the acknowledgments section. So, yeah, that would be like the biggest podcasting moment ever. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if anything could top that. I don't think so. I mean, that's pretty amazing. That's yeah. really. What about awesome. you? What's your like biggest podcasting moment? Um, probably, probably getting that email from. The publisher saying, "Hey, do you want to interview V.E. Schwab?" Like, um, <laughs> what? I literally had to sit in and read the email like three times before it really registered in my head, because I was like, "What? Really? My little podcast? Because it's not like it's a huge podcast, you know what I mean?" Like, right. so I mean, and I love like, don't get me wrong. If any of the other authors I've interviewed are listening, like I love all of them. (laughs) They're all fantastic. I think she, like she's just the biggest name that I've ever interviewed. And so it was just a really surreal moment to be asked to get to interview her. So, yeah. Right. It'd be like, you get to have all these artists on and singers and musicians and it's really cool. And then randomly Taylor Swift is like, I'd love to do an episode. It's like, there's famous people. And then there's famous people like above Mm -hmm. that, that it's just like so out of reach. Like, yes. um, I hope V.E. Schwab doesn't mind that I just compared her to Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's an honor, but (laughs) I do too. I mean, I love Taylor. We love Taylor. Even if you don't love Taylor, you can't pretend she's not successful. No, no you can't. <laughs> I know when I got my email from Marissa that she was like wanted to do a, a crossover episode. I remember reading the email like 10 times and then like 
closing my computer and opening it back up, like just to see if it was still there. And then like, I spent at least two days writing and rewriting and rewriting and rewriting my response. And I had like an emergency Patreon meeting where I was like, you guys, what do I say? How do I make this email sound like professional and not fangirly? And um, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Anything with Marissa is just like, slightly intimidating even like even now getting to know her as well as I have um and having like a professional camaraderie with her there's still like a part of me that's like oh one of these days I'm gonna say the wrong thing and she's gonna be like nope peace out oh (laughs) I don't think that would happen she's so fantastic and wonderful she would not do that she would not do that she's so great and I every time I've met her in person she's just been phenomenal which is Always nice, right? Because they say don't meet your heroes. (laughs) I know. Let me tell you what happened. When I met one of mine, I totally froze up. Like when I got to meet Shelby Mahorn, who I love in person, I had nothing to say. Like I totally clammed up. I was so worried that I was going to like make a fool out of myself and totally fangirl and blubber that I ended up doing the opposite and like not saying anything at all. And it was horrid all the same. My thing right now is random crying. Like, okay. That's the hardest thing for me to control right now is crying because I never know what's going to trigger it. It's going to be a smell, a t shirt, a song, a thought, a food, anything is going to trigger it. And I have to, like, I'm at a point now where it's been like three months. So I'm supposed to just, like, keep doing things and like being alive and being a human in the world. And so like, I just do things now while I'm crying. Like I'll just walk around Costco getting my groceries with tears pouring down my face. Cause it's like, I have to cry. Like I have to get it out, but I also have to get groceries. So like <laughs> my thing now is like constantly, like someone will do or say something. And like, my brain is immediately like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. Okay. Just excuse yourself to the restroom. And like, I'm always worried that I'm going to cry in the middle of a situation where I can't remove myself. And that's going to be like an embarrassing thing. Cause I don't like that much attention on me. Aww. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like having the podcast is one thing, but like being in a public setting where I'm the center of attention, I do not like that. I get yeah. very uncomfortable. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So anyways. <laughs> okay. So next question. What is something from your childhood that you can still do or still have? Or both, if you can think of an answer for both. Uh, wow. This one has stumped me. <laughs> okay. No. All right. Something I still have. So... When I was in high school, I hope this counts because you said childhood. So hopefully they mean high school. That counts. Adolescence, childhood. Yeah. Well, the older you get, the more you realize that as a teenager, you are still kind of a child. This is true. But like when you're a teenager, you don't feel that way. Very true. All right. So when I was in high school, um, I had a friend who I met. And he, he had come into town like for the summer and he would actually, he had cystic fibrosis. And so he would actually, he lived like an hour and a half away, but he would come into town to go to the hospital that was in the city where I lived because it was better and he would get treatments there. So I met him and we became really good friends and we would like write letters to each other all the time because, you know, at that point it was, that was a thing. People actually wrote letters to each other. Um, 
I still, I still have all of the letters that he wrote me and that was from high school and it's not, yeah, it's just, it's just a sentimental thing. And he has, he did pass away a few years ago. Um, and so it's really, you know, it wasn't, we were never romantically involved, but we were really good friends and it's a sentimental thing. And, but yeah, I still have all of his letters. I'm trying to think of like the most meaningful thing that I have from when I was a child. And I've got two that come to mind. One is a book that is called 101 Wacky Facts About Mummies. (laughs) Um, And it was the first book I ever got off of Bookmobile. And I got it for free for getting good grades. And uh, I still have it. It's literally being held together by tape. Like it's literally just taped together. But I, I got it when I was like six. And it's one of my favorite things in the world. Um, and then I also have, do you know what Knott's Berry Farm is? Um, yes. I went there when I was like five. I don't remember it, but I know that my parents took me there. So Knott's Berry Farm is this amusement park in San Diego, California area, San Diego, Los Angeles area. Um, it is my favorite amusement park to ever exist. Yes, that includes Disney and Harry Potter. Sorry, Knott's Berry Farm is better. Um, my <laughs> uncles used to take me there when I was a kid and... Um, I have one of the coins from Knott's Berry Farm from the first time I went when I was five. Um, Cool. Yeah. As far as what can you still do from when you were a child? I don't know. I don't know either. Maybe like a cartwheel. cartwheel? (laughs) (laughs) I was was like, maybe I can still do a cartwheel. Does that count? Um, I think so. That's the only, that's the only thing. Something I can still, I randomly remember the song lyrics to like songs from 20 years ago that I don't, I don't know how I remember all the words, but I do. We were Me in the car. My sister, Samantha and I drove to Utah a couple weeks ago to see the Heartless musical. And she and I were like, let's go back in time. And we put on like this Hillary Duff, Lindsay Lohan, Ashley Simpson mix Stop playlist it. on my phone while we were driving. And I like <laughs> randomly knew all the words to like every Hillary Duff song. And I was That's like, awesome. all right, I can't believe I remember. I haven't listened to that stuff in like 10 years, at least 10 years. Um, so yeah, I would <laughs> say like anything I can still do, it would be a cartwheel or randomly remembering song lyrics. Okay. I I have something else, Bethany, that okay. um, both of us carry with us from our childhood. Insecurities? No. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> that is very possible. <laughs> but that's not where I was going. <laughs> um, no, when you said bookmobile, this inspired this thought. So both of us, well, I I first discovered this story from the book Mobile, and I know you've read it before. We both have scars from no, no oh. the 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 scary story with the girl who's oh, ha- wears the, girl the ribbon around her, her head, head and her head falls off. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. We both carry scars from that. We both childhood. carry like some, yeah, scars is definitely one. I didn't even think of scars. Um, uh, yeah. The oldest scar that I remember getting, because I'm covered in them. I'm super clumsy. I also have seizures. So like I fall down all the time. Um, but the oldest scar I can remember getting is, is you probably can't tell like via video chat, but I have a huge scar on the side of my face, like a huge nice. scar. It's like two inches long. Um, 
And it's from a pair of overalls when I was a kid. I was wearing overalls. They came undone. They whipped me in the face. I had to get like 10 stitches. That's um, crazy. But I see it like every day when I look in the mirror. I guess you probably can't see it very I well. I cannot see it at like, all. Like on and a camera. I can it's I right gotta here. tell you. Like I've never noticed it in any like, of your pictures either. It's like either. the entire length of my finger. <laughs> That's so funny. Like I've never noticed that. I have huge. a chicken I have a chicken pox scar, but it's like tiny and that's it. People used to get chicken pox scars and I have one from when I was little. I still have chicken pox scars. I got chicken pox when I was 23, so I'm very aware of which scars they are. I guess um, so. Yeah, I'm covered in scars. I'm absolutely covered in scars. I I fell down a lot as a kid. I fall down a lot as an adult. Um, so. <laughs> you, I do want to tell you though, too, as far as that, um, you know, the emotional scars from that book, <laughs> I actually just did a storytelling unit with my seventh and eighth graders and we did ghost stories and I included that story. And then I, yeah, they were did. like, they were like, Mrs. Stuhler, what is that story? That is creepy. I was like, you don't understand. Like I discovered this story I when like, I was like we're eight We're a little kids. conditioned because we grew up on like goosebumps. <laughs> like people, people shelter kids from certain types of literature now so much. And I'm like, man, when I was a kid, we watched Tales from the Crypt and we read mm-hmm. Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> to, yeah. and now they're like. <laughs> well, like, was, oh, I don't want my kid to watch Harry Potter because that last movie has like death and stuff in it, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Please, what was that? What was that TV show that was on? The really creepy one. Is uh, it not Tales from the Crypt? No, there was another one, and it was like every week was a different episode, but it was always like really weird stuff. It was not Tales from the Crypt. It was something else. There was another one. Anyways, it doesn't matter, but yeah. Well, eventually Goosebumps did become a TV show, um, but I'm Googling it. Are you afraid of the dark? That's what it is, oh, right? Yeah, there was that too. Yeah. yeah, as soon as I saw Are You Afraid of the Dark, I was like, it's that one. It's that one. <laughs> Lots of fun, creepy shows. Yeah, when we were kids, they didn't care as much about our mental health or well-being. No. Um, <laughs> okay, do you have a question? I do. Okay. How much Lunar Chronicles fan fiction have you read? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, dozens. Okay. Um, if I had to put a guess, maybe 20. Wow. That's really impressive. Okay. I am going to say something that is not so impressive <laughs> I've read like no fan fiction. I oh, just really? Read, yeah. Like, I don't even know. Honestly, I, people are always talking about reading fan fiction. And I'm over here like, well, where do you even read it? Like, where do you find this what stuff? Pad? What's it what called? Pad? What pad? Okay, I'm yeah, that's where my book is. Now. W-A-T-T-P-A-D. Okay. Pretty much all that I read is on Wattpad. I'm also a sucker for Vampire Academy fan fiction. There's a, a girl that literally rewrote the entire series from Dimitri's perspective. Oh, that's interesting. And it's like my favorite fan fiction in the world. By the way, you can also go to fanfiction.net. I forgot about that. So it's oh. GG256. Okay. Yeah. I'm writing this down so I can read more fan fiction. <laughs> 
I know. It's so good, too. I, I love fan fiction when it's done real. There's another one called Little Dampier 18 that I really like, and she's on Wattpad. Okay. I'm going to look all these up now. <laughs> Abigail Spigari, my critique partner, also wrote some. She's got like 470,000 views for hers. It's insane. Um, it's Crazy. probably one of the most popular fan or, or fan fictions. Nice. You are getting sleepy, very sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. Right, my darling? Yes, dear. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. You will not dislodge the hose and blast air all about the bedroom. You will not wake me, your loving husband, who yearns for even a single night of uninterrupted slumber, please. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. Inspire treats the root cause of sleep apnea inside your body. While you sleep, Inspire keeps your airway clear so you can breathe normally and rest comfortably. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit InspireSleep.com to learn more. Inspire, sleep apnea innovation. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at InspireSleep.com. All right, well, I will take a look at that too. Okay, so the next question is, it's for me specifically... It's okay. I got this question. I'm going to kind of sum this question into what into like one question, because I got like 11 variations of this question, which is um, what is my book about? When is it coming out? And am I ever going to do a podcast episode about it? Um, I have decided to self publish my book. So it will come out in May of 2023. Wow. Um, So yeah, and um, I probably won't do a podcast episode about my book. To be honest with you, I'm probably going to email every podcasting friend I've ever made and be like, hey, can I come on an episode and talk about my book? <laughs> well, well so, you need to come on my podcast and talk about <laughs> your book. I mean, please, like this is, this is not even a question. Like this is a, it will happen. You will come on mine I hope and we so, will talk yeah. about it, of course. <laughs> Like, um, like, and then as far as what it's about, it's about a young girl named Darcy. And halfway through her freshman year of college, her mom removes her from school and sends her to a summer camp for having an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. You can read the first two chapters on Wattpad if you want to go see if it's something you'll enjoy or not. Nice. Yes. And then once it publishes, Bethany will be on YA Book Chat so we can chat about Yay. it. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely putting in a lot of effort in like querying and stuff like that. Um, but with everything that's happened to me and my family recently, I I kind of took a step back and I looked at my life and I was like, if the only reason that I am not getting published is because someone else has decided that I'm not good enough, then that's not really a reason for me to not publish it. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's so many authors that are like, it was my fifth book that got published. It was my ninth book. It was my 15th book. And while that's admirable that they kept going and kept trying and eventually they got published, I'm like, I just want my book published. I don't want to have to get told no for 10 years straight. And then that book that I wrote never even sees the light of day. So um, 
Yeah, life is too short for me to wait around for someone else to like my book and decide it's worth it's worthy of their publishing house. So I'm just going to publish it myself. All right. I think that's great. I love that. (laughs) Why not? Right? Yes. Okay. So next one, would you rather only be able to read the first page of a book or only read the last page and why? Hmm. I would rather read the first page because if that's all I could read, I know where the story begins and I can fill then fill in my own version of it from there. I, I think I'd rather do it that way than the opposite way, like knowing how it ended but not knowing. I think I think it would kill me not knowing what happened before it if I only had the last page. I'd rather start and only have the first page and then go from there because I feel like, like okay, books have, so many books have like great endings, right? But there is nothing I love more than like the first page of a book when it really grabs me. You know, like sometimes I'll read something and like those first two paragraphs will just really, really grab me and pull me in. And I remember the first time I read um, A Touch of Gold by Annie Sullivan, it was like that. Mm -hmm. Her first sentence is, I've only ever killed a man once. Right? I was like, oh, what's happening? Yeah, I (laughs) have to 100% agree with you. A good... A good first sentence in a book is like chills Mm -hmm. Um, and it like lets you know that something magical is about to happen, that you're about to experience something magical and be a part of it. So yeah, I'd rather have that like if nothing else because of the emotional feeling I'm going to get when I read it. Yeah, definitely. Plus not all books have a happy ending (laughs) and I don't want to live through that trauma. If I only know the beginning, I can pretend it has a happy ending. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Favorite drink to drink while reading? Oh, tea. It's hot tea for me. But it's either – here's the thing, though. I have have actually stopped doing, like, plain hot tea, like just a tea bag and water – I make like a cream tea, which is where the tea is made with a combination of hot water and milk. And like I put cinnamon sticks in it to give it a little more flavor. Or I'll have um, hot matcha green tea latte. So I love Earl Grey with a little bit of honey and a little bit of milk. It's my go to. Perfect. So that's uh okay. yeah I'm and I love tea um aesthetically and like palately I don't know taste buddly <laughs> um I love the taste of it I very much love the taste of it but I also love the aesthetic of drinking a hot cup of tea while reading a book so yeah yeah awesome <laughs> okay what's your favorite book genre oh I think fantasy definitely how about you fantasy but like if you had to do like a sub 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 genre probably fairy tale retellings or just retellings in general because right now I'm obsessed with Terza Price and her Pride and Prejudice and Sense and Sensibility murder retellings like I love those they're so good um yeah, retellings in general I love retellings I love reimagining a story I'm already familiar with 
I really like those a lot too. Like I loved, um, eight. Why can't I think of anybody's names tonight? Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> authors. Like I love you all. I swear I do. Aiden <laughs> Thomas, Aiden Thomas, the Peter Pan retelling uh-huh. um, that I covered on my podcast. And then right. <laughs> um, I'm telling you, you guys, it's like, you know what it is? It's because it's testing week at school and I'm having to administer testing to a bunch of eighth graders who are horrible. And so <laughs> I have no brain function left right now. <laughs> um, but I, I, yeah, I love retellings also. I think they're, they're a lot of fun. Yeah. I love retellings. Okay. How did you discover the Lunar Chronicles? I think we've both answered this on multiple episodes of my podcast, um, but I, I found it at Target. When I was walking around Target, I saw the cover of Cinder and was like, as I mentioned two seconds ago, I love uh, retelling. So I saw the cover and the name Cinder and was like, yep, that's mine. That's for me. <laughs> I had a friend who recommended it to me. She was like, I think you'll really like this series. The first book is Cinder. And then and then I saw the cover and was like, yeah, that sounds really good. And then I read it and the rest is history. Love it. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, so this question is, I think for me again, how do you come up with a plot? People go on and on and on and on and on about writing books, but nobody ever tells me, how do you get inspired? <laughs> Um, you know, it's funny. It comes from a million different places. I have little folders on my phone where I just randomly think of like one line or, um, one paragraph. This book that I'm currently writing came about because I was having a lot of conversations with myself, something I like to do. I like to go on walks and think about stuff. Um, and I, for some reason, had thought, like, wouldn't it be fun if there was a book that was called Please Don't Call Me Chubby? And uh, it led down a path of, like, well, what would that book be about? And eventually I got to, like, I know what this book is, and then immediately changed the name of the book. Almost as soon as I was like, this is my idea, I was like, that needs a whole new name. Um, <laughs> what about you? Like, you've written children's books before. Yes, but that was that was different. Like those were actually super easy because that came from well, I mean one of them came from, you know, my own son's experience with being made fun of because of his food allergies. And then the other one was just a book that I wanted to write like for myself, but also for my family to honor my grandparents. And so it's it's a children's book about a you know, a special day that some children spend with their grandparents, but it's, it's like a hundred percent true. All of it is based off of actual things that I, my cousin, my sister and I did with our grandparents. So it's like, oh, true to awesome. life. yeah, but I've had in, you know, in talking to different authors who I've had on the podcast, a bunch of them, you know, have said kind of like you, where it's like, They'll have one thought about something and then it just kind of like leads into other things. And so their inspiration comes from multiple different places, you know? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't necessarily make sense. Sometimes it comes back around. Um, I'll just like get out my phone so you guys can see the mess of things that I'm talking about. 
<laughs> okay, so one of them was um, this is one of my notes. Someone is cold. He gives her her jacket. Her and she says, "You're here to guard me, not monitor my body temperature." That's it, you guys. I don't know where that's going to go, but I'm going to put it in some book somewhere someday. Um, <laughs> there's another one where I wrote like the entire ending to a story, but it didn't. I didn't have a story, so I had to work backwards and come up with the story that went with the ending. So that was fun. Um, there's another one. Cut the crap. What do you know, and how do you know it? That's it. I did find a book to put that in, though. I wrote a short story that that is in now. So, like, just literally, this one, this one is there should be a Pride and Prejudice from Charlotte's perspective. That girl had a lot going on, which I have considered writing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, mine. It's literally just anything. Sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's everything, and uh, and it's like that too. Like I write a lot of poetry. I write a lot of songs, and it's you know, anytime I'm feeling overwhelmed is when I start coming up with stuff like that. But inspiration comes from all kinds of places. There's definitely things where I'm like, oh, that would be a cool story, but I know I'm never going to write it because, like, I know that's not – it's not me as a writer. Like, I know I'm not capable of writing that type of story. I have limitations. Yeah, I would also say, like, if you feel like you're inspired, just be inspired. Write it. If nothing else, you'll right? probably have a lot of fun. Like, I think that stuff is I fun. would think so. <laughs> So you and I were recording a, uh, we recorded a Patreon episode where we were talking about what our podcast couple name should be. <laughs> and so, so we had come up with Prince Kai Book Chat or YA Fan Pod. And I asked my Patreons and they voted for Prince Kai Book Chat. Which Love one it. would be your favorite? I mean, they're both really good, but which one's your favorite? Prince Kai I'll Book Chat or the... YA? Um, I like both of them. I'll go with your Patreon. Whatever they vote for, I'll choose that too. I like both of them, though. I think they're both fun. Okay. I do too. <laughs> That's fun. Okay, so right. next question. If you could live the story of any YA main character, who would it be and Why? Oh, this question is like torture. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, um, okay. This is going to sound weird, but here it goes. <laughs> okay. All right. Have you read Fable by Adrienne Young? Okay. Now, for those of you who have, you're going to be like, okay, Fable has kind of like a rough upbringing. Like she doesn't have a good first, you know, 16 years of her life. It's rough. <laughs> and even in the story, but but her love interest, like the, the, the way that things happen and shape up and end is really cool. And I love the world that she lives in. Now, albeit some of it is pretty rough, but there's also really cool aspects to it. And I love what she does like as a diver and how she's able to like suck in enough air to be underwater for like minutes on end and dredging uh, gems, precious gems from under the water. So I don't, I think, I think I would pick Fable. It might be a weird choice, but it's my choice. So it's fine. 
it's hard because I know people are going to expect me to say a Marissa character. They are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, if gender didn't matter, I would love to be Quint. I right? love animals. I would love to spend time with animals. I used to volunteer at animal shelters all the time. I'd love to do that. But off the top of my head, the one that comes to mind is a character named Zarya from Daughter of the Moon trilogy by Abigail Spagari, who is, she's equal parts like suspicious and like the cool girl at school. Like, uh-huh. so I think it would be fun to be her. I think it would be fun to be the cool girl at school who's like really badass and kind of snarky, but it doesn't matter because she's the popular girl. So she can be as snarky as she wants. Like, yeah, I think it'd be really fun to live as that kind of a person for a little while. It would be fun just to see what it's like. See, I've always lived on the other side of that. Um, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be a lot of fun to see what that's like. Yes, agreed. Um, so this next question, if you could do a podcast about any other book series, what would it be? Um, I think for mine, it's it's obviously Rochelle Mead, right? Like Vampire Academy, Bloodlines, Glittering Court. But little secret very little secret, if anybody cares. My sisters and I have actually considered starting a Charmed podcast Ooh. because we grew up watching Charmed. There's three of us. Like, so yeah. But that would be fun. I don't know if we would actually do it, but we've definitely talked about doing it. Um, right now, I'm like almost a thousand percent sure the work would fall on me and I ain't got time for that. So (laughs) if one of them steps up, then it'll happen. (laughs) Okay. I think, so if I were to do a podcast covering one specific series, Mm -hmm. I, I would have to, I would probably pick The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings because even though there are only four books, I could, I mean, there's like, that would take years. Right? Because you do like what you'd be able to do like one chapter an episode. It would basically be like an educational seminar at that point. It totally would be, but it would be great. (laughs) I would love it. There's so much there and they're so fantastic. So, and I feel like if people who have maybe seen the movies, but not read the books, like you need to read the books. There is so much more in the books and they are so fantastic. They're also super complicated. So don't feel bad if you read them and you're a little confused. I mean, it's high fantasy, like high, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of moving parts. It's very complicated. It's worth it when you understand Mm -hmm. the big picture. Um, But I know I've met people. They're like, I think I'm too dumb. And I'm like, don't, into, I felt no. like I was too stupid. The first time I read it, I'm like, man, I didn't realize how dumb I was. But it's just because like there is a lot going on. There's a lot yeah. of moving parts. There's a lot of world building. So don't feel bad if it takes you – if you got to take notes or it takes you a couple of reads to really fully understand and appreciate it. If you need to feel better, it took me a whole year to read the book Wicked by Gregory McGuire because – I, that's how I felt. I was like, I feel stupid reading this book. Like, yeah, I don't no, understand same, first half time of I it. tried to read Wicked, it was the and exact was, same thing. It was crazy. Like, I had to keep stopping and putting it down, and then I'd come back that's to it like I ended two up taking later. notes. I basically became like an active reader and started taking notes. I still do not understand how somebody read that book and thought to themselves, oh, this would be an awesome Broadway musical. Like, how the hell? <laughs> I, can, I cannot... 
Like, am I glad? Oh, that, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, am I glad they did it? Yeah, I am. Of course, but, but still. I have no clue. I mean, how they somebody did made that. Legally Blonde and Mean Girls musicals. Somebody made Spider Man a musical. Like, we just do whatever we want. Yeah, well, Spider Man didn't exactly work out. Something, <laughs> something should not be made into Broadway musicals. But, but those are easier to make into a musical because they're simple concepts and simple plot lines. If you read the book Wicked, it's so different from the musical. Like the yeah, book there's is like so not a complicated. lot of transitions that like cross over there. Oh my gosh. It's so yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this next question, I feel like I'm going to disappoint everyone, but Uh-oh. the question is, has Marissa read my book or has she asked to? No one, no. Maybe someday oh. when it gets published, maybe she'll read it. But no, as far as I know, she hasn't read anything unless she goes on my Wattpad. (laughs) (laughs) You could send her a copy when it gets published. When it gets published, I'll probably send her a copy as like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'd love to be on the happy writer. Right. (laughs) But yeah, I haven't asked her to read it. I feel like that crosses a line in our professional relationship that I'm worried about crossing. So uh, she knows I'm writing a book. If she wants to read it, she'll let me know. Right. So... I agree. I don't think it would be a good idea to ask her right there. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. And then the last question, how does your significant other feel about you writing? Um, mine's totally cool with it. Nice. He's my sounding board. I talk to him about everything. I'm, I'm constantly coming at him with like, oh, I had this idea today and it'll be like completely out of context. And he's this great little cheerleader who's like, yeah, babe, you got this, even though he has no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and he's all for me publishing and self-publishing. He's actually found a bunch of information about like hybrid publishing where it's like um, partially self-published, partially like master distribution and mm-hmm. stuff. So, um, yeah, my, mine's pretty supportive. He's always been super supportive, though. So, yeah, you know, um, it's the same with the podcast. I was like going to start a podcast and he's like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, are you going to come on episodes? And he was like, no, (laughs) Um, not my thing. But you have fun with that. I mean, he jokes all the time, too. He's like, when you get when you get your book come out, I'll be like your rep. I'll call on your behalf. I'll be like, hi, I work for Bethany Finger. She'll be in town and she'd love to do a book signing at your bookshop. And I was like, that would be great. You can be like my fake secretary. Like, yes, he he's going to ma- come in like a security outfit and be my entourage. Like, yeah, <laughs> nice. And he could be your manager, you know, your publicist yeah, all rolled publicist, into one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know not a lot of partners have that kind of relationship, but I, I also like didn't quit my day job and bankrupt us or anything, you know, like maybe if I had like (laughs) made a couple of bad financial decisions and then was like, I'm going to write a book. Maybe he'd be like, I mean, yeah, just we have a mortgage. So still have a job. Okay. What about you? Has your husband been supportive of you creatively? Oh, yes, definitely. He, because I mean, I've always been doing creative things since we've met because I was an actor for I don't even know how many years anymore. And so, like, when he met me, that's what I was doing. Like, so he's always supported me creatively and tried to help me in any way that he can. And then 
when I was writing the two children's books that I self-published, he was also very supportive of that and, you know, trying to find different ways that he could help me with that. And, um, and he's, he's supportive of my podcast and my read now, now is he supportive of the number of books that I tend to purchase? Maybe not always, you know, I mean the budget, but what are you going to do? You know? (laughs) My husband has just kind of gotten used to it, I think, at this point, because, like, when he spends money on stuff, it's, like, much bigger, you know? Like, he'll drop $70 on a new game or or hundreds on a new computer or new audio equipment for, like, playing games with his friends and stuff. So, like, you know, me going to a bookstore and dropping $30 to $50 isn't nearly as intimidating. No. Um, every <laughs> once in a while when I go to book festivals and I walk away with like $150 worth of books, he's like, ramen noodles, cool. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but we've just kind of we've, – we've accepted our uh, – we know like what the other person is going to spend money on. Mm-hmm. So it's not super surprising. He, I also read an article a few years ago that the average woman spends $5,000 a year on makeup. And I oh, figure if gosh. I can keep my book budget under that, I'll be like impressed with myself. But I also don't keep track of how much I spend on books because I'm terrified that it's above five thousand a year. Yeah, so. same, <laughs> same. Like I, I don't want to. I don't want to know. Yikes! I will say, <laughs> I, I do have to say though, um, my husband is. Um, as much as he probably may not want to be, he is extremely supportive of my obsession with the Princess Bride and all of my purchases and all the things about the Princess Bride he he's very supportive of. Like, for example, it was my birthday and my mom and my sister bought me the Princess Bride action figures that are fairly new from McFarland Toys. And I told my, now my 11 year old also loves the princess bride. And he's like, mom, can I play with them? And I was like, no, I cannot even take these out of the package, buddy. Like I would not even take them out of the box. You cannot play with them. And he does my dead body. Right. And so my husband's like, you, you just can't do it. G you have to save them and collect them. But then he said, when your mom dies one day and we're left with these, then we can sell them for a lot of money. (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, when your mom dies someday, these will all be yours. Mm-hmm. No, but that he is, is so funny. He is very supportive of all of my creative endeavors. So I feel very thankful for that. <laughs> this was fun. I like doing a Q&A question. Yeah. Oh, I do have like one this. more. I forgot. I'm sorry. One more. And it's because we always do, what are you currently reading? So they wanted to know, what are we currently listening to? Um, I'm currently, I'm assuming they mean music-wise. Um, I'm currently obsessed with okay. Camila Cabello's new album. So, Mi Familia. That's me. What nice. about you? I have been, like, nonstop this week listening to the original cast recording for the Broadway musical of Six. Aww. hmm It's so good. It's Love so it. Good. But this is actually the London cast recording because it opened in London first before it came to over here to the U.S. So I will but say really that good. if the Heartless musical ever comes out with a soundtrack, that will be in my ears all the time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. But I think that's all the questions we have for today. All right. 
So yeah, thank you everyone for supporting the podcast for the last three years. It's very exciting. Yay. And congratulations on three years, Bethany. And thank what you. was that? 60,000 downloads? You 60,000 downloads. I saw it this awesome. morning. I was like, what? So, so awesome. exciting. Yay. Yeah. All right. Well, Super thank fun. you everyone for being here. Thank you, Leah, for being here. Of course. Thanks for having me. Keep reading, keep listening. And until next time. And don't get glamored. <laughs> and don't get glamored. Bye. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Leah from YA Book Chat Podcast. The intro outro music was composed by Emma Pavo, and the logo art was created by Sunlit Tangles on Instagram. Thank you for listening, and thank you for celebrating three years of Prince Kai Fan Pod. <laughs>